During this past year, so many of us uh, have lost opportunities, events, and people, loved ones. Um, last year, we even lost Triduum, right? We, we weren't even able to celebrate uh, Easter together. And, and one of the things that is celebrated on Holy Thursday is the institution of the ministerial priesthood. And one of the things that we lost last year was a really big event. Um, one of the greatest joys of my time here has been Father Frank. Um, I, I look up to him in so many ways, and I know we all love him dearly. And last year, we missed the opportunity to celebrate his 50th anniversary of priesthood. So I thought maybe we could acknowledge him tonight uh, together. Thank you, Father Frank. He told me to do that. <laughs> it occurs to me that this church would be a great, if we had more, more evening masses for, for parents with little ones, this would be a great church to come to because they're going to be zonked by the time we're done. They're all going to be out, especially this section. Those are the people who didn't pay their tithe, and so we've turned the lights off <laughs> over there. We'll get that fixed. Um, Sunday, so we're, we're uh, my sister and I, we're, we're kind of packing up stuff at my mom. She's still alive, don't worry. Not that you were, but, you know, we're kind of preparing things. And um, she was a bit of a pack rat. And so we're, we're looking at pictures. There's all these pictures, random pictures. Don't even get me started. Mom, if you're watching, they're gone. Anyway, no, that would stop it. Don't, they're, we, we've got them. We've got them, Mom. They're somewhere. So we're looking through the pictures though and we're saying okay these are the these are the keepers and these are not and you know how it goes that's don't get all sentimental on me. So um, so we're going through the pictures and my sister picks up this picture and she's like look look it's you from high school when you were thin. You remember that you used to be thin. Yeah thanks. So one particular year, my, my mother kept our Iowa basic test results, and I found my sister's fifth grade test results. And I said, look, you only scored the 20th percentile in vocabulary. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> she hits me a lot. <laughs> I remember... Uh, at a certain point some years ago, I became aware that my ears began to grow hair. It was, I'm like, what is going on? And they're growing hair at a faster rate than any other part of my body. What is happening? All of a sudden, I got to get a special trimmer. And guys, you know what's, well, women, you too. I mean, you all know what's going on with the guys and the ear hair and stuff. And I'm like, what is this about? And as I, as I continue to get older, you know, there's all these things about the body that it just requires all this maintenance, and it just gets worse. Okay, I'm 49, so if you're in your 30s, do better than me, because it just gets worse. 
And all of you who are in your 50s are probably cackling at me right now. And you're like, yeah, just wait. You know, as we get older, right, the body just, it just goes through its natural course. Of course it does. And it begins to break down. And, you know, we, we begin to become more in touch with our, our mortality, right, our, that these bodies are temporary. And so it's, it's no surprise that throughout the history of, of really religion, not just Catholicism or, or Judaism, but throughout the history of many different religions, there's been a very negative view of those things which are physical. All right, there are many different uh, religious groups that would see matter, the body and, and physical reality, as something negative, something to be liberated from, namely to the spirit. So the spiritual world was all that was good and the, and the physical world was the bad stuff. And so we had to escape that to get to the physical or to get to the spiritual, rather. So that, that's on a, on a physical level, but then even on a sort of a psychological level, we are, there's sort of a universal sentiment that we have, which a sort of narrative we tell ourselves that maybe I'm not good enough, or I'm, not, I'm just not good enough. I don't feel good enough for X, Y, and Z. I don't feel good enough for, for my wife or for my husband or you know, for, for this friendship, or I don't, but particularly, I don't feel good enough for God. How could I possibly be good enough for God? So we have, on one hand, right, this physical, the, the body is just, it's a wreck, and it just becomes more and more of a wreck as we age, and so there's sort of a negativity there, but then also, uh, psychologically, we have this sense of, you might say, well, Father, I know a bunch of people who are pretty proud of themselves. Yeah, but at the root of that nonsense, is actually a lack of self, you know, a lack of ego strength, a lack of ability to, to really recognize their own inherent dignity. And so they project outward all of this false confidence. It's fake. It's all fake. So we all struggle with this idea that, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. So my body's breaking down and psychologically I'm a mess, etc. But how does God view us? It's so important, of course. So we hear at the beginning of, of the gospel that Jesus became aware that it was his time to return to the Father, right? So his time was, was coming to its conclusion. And it talks about how he loved his own and he loved them to the end. Loved his own and loved them to the end. What we see in the incarnation, the enfleshment of God, second person of the Trinity becoming man, what we see is God not looking at us and saying, yeah, you're, you're mortal beings subject to decay and death, and that's a problem, and there's a deficiency there. I mean, there is a deficiency, but not in our dignity. We have a God who says, I'm going to become one of you to save you. I'm going to save you through your own nature. And what he does by becoming man is he, he sanctifies our nature so that our redemption is not merely something that comes to us after we die, but it's something that already begins within us now. That God is about not just kind of making us good people, God is about transforming us and sanctifying us. So when we look then at the washing of the feet, 
we look at the washing of the feet and that act, it's, it's, not, it's reductive to just say that this is an act of, of kindness, you know, or an act of, of just being nice or uh, service. It's an act of service. I mean, that's true, but it's reductive, meaning we're emptying this act of a fuller meaning. Because even at the end, when Jesus says to the, the apostles, said, do you realize what I've done for you? And they're like, yeah, you washed our feet. No. It's not about the feet. It's not about the feet at all. It's a symbol of something happening at a much deeper level. What, what Jesus is doing for them is he's making them pure. He's making them clean. He's removing their impurity. He is sanctifying them. In the Eastern Church, they talk about divinization, that there's an incorporation of the divine life within us. This is what Jesus is doing. It's not about just becoming good people. That's not what it's about. It's about becoming holy. It's about as, just as God has incorporated us into himself for all of eternity in Jesus Christ, it's about us incorporating him into ourselves, God into ourselves for eternity. For Jesus always remains united as God and man for all of eternity. Jesus is God and man. And he goes to his ascension to prepare a place for us, but he's given us all of these gifts to not just make us good people, nicer people, more tolerant people, but to actually change us, to radically change us, to alter us, to sanctify us. And so then when he says to his, you know, his apostles, what I have done for you, you must do for those around you. It's not just about washing feet. Again, it's reductive. It's, it's not about the feet, thank God. It's not about the feet. My sister has stinky feet. I hope she's watching. She does. It's not, it's not about the feet. It's about what's happening at a deeper level that the washing of the feet is a symbol of. And remember that they're going to get the, to the institution of the Eucharist. And what is that all about? It's not just about you know, bread and wine. It's about incorporating divinity into our souls. It's about changing us at a deeper, deeper level. And so when we go out and do for others what he has done for us, it's about assisting other people in their path of sanctification. It's not just about being nice or good or kind or even serving. I mean, all of that is part of it, right? It's, but it's reductive to say we're just trying to be nice or servants. That's all part of the path to a deeper sanctification, that we should seek for one another. You look, if you love your, your child, you don't want your child merely to be kinda okay. You want them to be as good as possible. Anybody who we truly love, we want them to be as good as they can possibly be. We want truly what's best for them. And what's best for them is sanctification, holiness, this incorporation of God more deeply into their lives. And so this is what we celebrate today. Remember the institution of the Eucharist and the priesthood which brings it about, and also the great commandment to love one another, 
to bring about holiness and goodness in one another. Please stand.